There's a reason why in Florida, professional wrestling was deemed an essential business. Because it kicks ass. This is Heel Turns and Headlocks. And this is Bear DiGiulio and Brian LaPrey. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to another edition of the Heel Turns and Headlocks podcast. I am your co-host, Brian LePray, and with me, as always, the big dog, Bear DiGiulio. Just call me the mayor of Claymore County, brother. There we go. And ladies and gentlemen, today, I guess we're talking about something along those lines, because both of those men, Roman Reigns and Drew McIntyre, were selected on night one of the 2020 WWE draft. In fact, they were the first and second pick. I guess first and first, because it's my show. Sure. Drew McIntyre, Roman Reigns stayed on their shows. WWE champion, universal champion. I guess what the, the faces of the company would be fair to say, along with Seth and the fiend. Uh, pretty cool to see everything that went down on that Friday night, SmackDown edition of the WWE draft. Also kind of sad, kind of intriguing, kind of confusing, all over the place, but we are here to hit the full spectrum of emotions there and ideally give you all some clarity about what happened and maybe insight some interesting conversations. And by the way, we have a number that we'll give you at the end of the call that you can call and text and stop ignoring us. Jeez. I digress. Anyways, point is, we are here to talk about the WWE draft and more specifically, the five most surprising selections from night one of it. We obviously have some honorable mentions for you because we always have you covered with some extra content. We should be on Patreon or something. That was Bear's idea. I'm not going to act like I came up with it. But one day. One day. In the meantime, we are here to give you some wonderful free content, brother. And uh, that all starts with... Round one of night one, where the fourth overall selection, second pick for SmackDown, was former, but I guess five times since we do here at Heel Turns and Headlocks include the NXT Championship, five-time world champion Seth Rollins, leaving Raw for the first time ever since he was, what, shaken up or drafted in 2016. He has been on Monday Night Raw every day for four years. That is longevity if you will when you consider how often wrestlers get drafted to different shows it is usually a yearly if not i mean multi-time a year was it biannual multi we don't know words here at heel turns and headlocks we're a great something podcast like something but, like that yeah point is seth rollins again a first round draft pick uh the monday night messiah is now being called by some the was he smackdown savior uh the Friday night, the light of Friday night, I think Bear came up with. That was pretty good. I like that. Um, Did I? Man, I'm good. I, didn't, I don't remember that shit. I'll but. give you credit for it, and we'll just run with it. Point is, Seth is leaving Raw, heading over to SmackDown, and considering he has been the pillar of that show, you know, the guy who was carrying it while Brock Lesnar maybe wasn't there, and everybody loved him until they hated him for no reason the guy who was a multi-time universal champion, intercontinental champion, tag team champion, blah, blah, blah. Not blah, blah, blah. Excuse me. Those are actually important accolades, but et cetera, et cetera. There we go. 
point is he is leaving raw heading over to the blue brand and bear that created kind of a void and we'll get to who potentially fills it but created a pretty significant void on raw and also a big opportunity for smackdown you know above all else i think it's inevitable that we'll eventually get two shield brothers in roman reigns and seth rounds going toe-to-toe for roman's universal championship it's a big move and again like we we mentioned it on on a previous podcast where raw really needed the help and now they just lost like bray mentioned one of the faces of the brand you know seth you know brayan already kind of ran down that that resume of seth rollins but it it doesn't go without saying he's he was one of if not the faces of raw yeah so losing him for raw hurts but it's going to be intriguing to see what he does on the blue brand you know again there's a dream match potential there between him and roman reigns um we're going to mention it later but it goes without saying that it looks like the mysterio family feud will continue because all parties are involved again we'll get more into that later it's a cool move i i don't I didn't see it coming, which was the whole tagline of SummerSlam, right? But I didn't see it coming, and I think it's going to be a cool move for his career, and who knows where his future holds, although we do know that it'll probably be with the Mysterials just a little bit longer. Yeah, and look, as Bear said, Rollins, he's been, what, Monday Night Rollins, the... Am I breaking up? It sounds like I'm breaking up. Uh, You sound okay. Rollins, you know, he's been the Monday Night Messiah. He's been Monday Night Rollins. We've seen it all. I mean, even The Shield was predominantly on Raw. I think that's fair to say. Um, You know, and when Rollins was, you know, the WWE World Heavyweight Champion with the authority, mostly on Raw, it's been for the better part of eight years that Seth Rollins has been A or even the top star on Raw. Now we get to see him in a new realm, potentially new opponents. As Bear said, Rollins versus Reigns. You know, I know everybody needs clear face versus heel outlines, but I'm down to see that exactly how they are right now. I think that would be very interesting. So however they do it, you know, Rollins going to SmackDown is a gravitational shift in WWE and really creates the potential for SmackDown to take what's been a great couple of months for them and elevated even higher than it's been and i mean i don't know how you get much higher than what they've been doing lately because it's been great but Rollins certainly helps now the guy who's leaving potentially in Rollins' place i would say I would yeah i'd say he fills that void on raw um you lose one of the best wrestlers in the world you gain one of the best wrestlers in the world if not the best wrestler in the world and that is the phenomenal one AJ Styles. Um, the reason we're going to say that's surprising, well, Bear, he was just on Raw, and now he's back. And quite frankly, AJ has been, I mean, he's been the face that runs the place, right? The face that runs the place. You know, he even said SmackDown Live was the house that AJ Styles built. You know, he had that historic WWE Championship brand on SmackDown. He's had most of, if not all of his successes in WWE since debuting on SmackDown. So it's like, yeah, it's, it's almost an even trade Rollins for styles. It's going to be intriguing. Just what raw really does with the phenomenal one. Because again, 
I think it's super compelling to think that Drew could feud with AJ for the WWE Championship, a title that AJ is no stranger to. On the other side of it, you know, unless Randy Orton goes to SmackDown in night two, another AJ versus Orton feud could really um, inject some cool storyline into Raw again. Because again, Raw needed Raw needed a guy like AJ Styles. I think losing Seth hurts, but gaining AJ Styles is, I'd say, pretty even. You know, um, on top of a feud, a potential feud with Drew, on top of a potential feud with Orton, you know, Keith Lee is still on Raw. I think that'd be super intriguing. AJ against a guy like Mustafa Ali could be a really cool match. There's a lot of potential there, and I think in, I think AJ is going to be just fine on Raw. He could AJ could go to 205 Live and kill it. Like he could he could do whatever the hell he wants, you know. But yeah. I think he'll be one of the faces of the brand, which is really what Raw needed in yeah. this draft. I agree, and, and you know AJ, as we said, synonymous with SmackDown, just like Seth Rollins has been synonymous with Raw. You know yeah. AJ won the WWE championship twice on SmackDown, including his year long reign. Most recently he, I mean, I don't think it's unfair. Yes. I'm an AJ styles fan. You all know that he's one of my favorite wrestlers of all time, closer to number one than number five. Uh, he really, I mean, he's the guy who kind of, what's the word I'm looking for redeemed the value, I guess, or, or, made the WWE Intercontinental Championship relevant again. And it's it's not like the champions before him weren't good, but AJ really made that title seem like must-see TV. You know, the match he had with Daniel Bryan, a match of the year candidate, considered by many to be a five-star match, uh, killed it. Made the Intercontinental Championship feel like it was absolutely necessary to see, which it hasn't felt that way in a while. Uh, his matches with Drew Gulak and Matt Riddle were excellent. Uh, the feud that he had with Jeff Hardy and then in turn with Sami Zayn, phenomenal, no pun intended, or pun intended, whichever you want. And of course, that latter match where Sami Zayn was creative and kind of barbaric as hell at the same time, amazing. One of the highlights of wrestling in 2020. So AJ, even though he didn't win the world title in his return to SmackDown, I think that he can kind of hold his head high and know that he was huge for SmackDown returning to where it is now, which is back to a program that you really genuinely want to watch again. And AJ was a key part of that. You know, he had multiple main events on that show over the past few months, but now he gets to kind of finish what he started on raw and handle some unfinished business where I think most of us were under the impression when he went to Raw in the first place. I believe that was April of 2019 during the Superstar Shakeup. I think most people were under the impression that AJ Styles was going to walk away with at least one world title reign from his run with, I mean, or on Raw rather. You know, back then it would have been the Universal Championship. Obviously, he and Seth Rollins had one of the best matches of the year at Money in the Bank. Um, he had a really good feud with Rey Mysterio. He had some good matches with Ricochet and Cedric Alexander. And of course, the now iconic feud and match, the Boneyard match with The Undertaker at WrestleMania. Uh, even had a great match with Aleister Black. I guess what I'm trying to say is, despite all of that, we all expected AJ Styles and at that point the OC to kind of run the show 
right? We, we kind of expected them to be the top guys, if you will, and that never came to fruition. Now AJ gets a chance to rewrite his history and, and write some past wrongs and maybe get one more WWE championship reign or a few more, who knows, before he hangs it up. He's talked openly about retirement, so we all know that it's maybe closer than it is further away. And uh, as Bear said, look, to, to see AJ Styles versus Drew McIntyre for the WWE Championship or AJ versus Randy, even if that AJ and Drew match doesn't have the title on the line, a real feud between them with some good, with some strong storytelling in that ring, that, that those would be show stealers, plain and simple. So AJ being back on Raw, exciting, even if it is surprising. Definitely surprised to see AJ and Seth get the swap, but I think it works out for both of them and they end up better off in the short term and the long term and that leads us to number three uh another individual who was selected in round two of the 2020 wwe draft night one and that is naomi and bear naomi i mean i hate i hate to you know continue this trend but it's pretty surprising because just like aj and drew she has been pretty steadily on smackdown over the years for the better part of four years she's been yeah consistently on SmackDown. She's won the SmackDown Women's Championship twice. In 2018, she won that WrestleMania Women's Battle Battle Royal. So it's surprising. The most intriguing part of Naomi moving to Raw was really three emojis, one of the same, from MVP. When Naomi got drafted to Raw, MVP did the three emojis of the, the little guy thinking. Now, how effing cool would it be if MVP just so happened to manage to bring Naomi over to the Hurt Business? The female representation would be perfect. She'd fit, you know, she'd fit the aesthetic well. You, he already, he already got Cedric Alexander to be a part of it. He's already got United States Champion Bobby Lashley. He's got collegiate monster turned phenomenal wrestler that really never got his due in Shelton Benjamin. The Hurt Business is the real deal. You know, if we're, gonna do, if we're gonna do an episode on Alex Shelley, we also need to do one on Shelton Benjamin one day. I'm gonna make the graphic now, brother. It's, <laughs> it's, you know, Naomi would fit super well into the Hurt Business because again, it's just like Cedric Alexander. She's been held down for far too long. Yeah. Is that a color thing? That's not something for us to decide, but it's definitely compelling television, I would say, because again, she fits the bill. She fits the mold perfectly. So MVP tweeted that, and I thought that that was really interesting, and I think that's why we really wanted to put her on this list. And plus, it injects real new cool blood onto Raw on that women's division. Asuka needs some new competition. Yeah. You know, um, it was just announced that on Raw, they're going to have a dual brand battle royal to determine. Yeah, I know. Brian's face says it all right now. He's like, what the hell? <laughs> on Twitter, it was announced today that on Raw tomorrow night, they're having a dual brand battle royal to determine Asuka's next opponent. Now, I don't know if Naomi's currently healthy, but why not have a Raw women? Why not have a Raw woman win that match? That way, you have a steady flow of storyline heading into Hell in a Cell, if that's where they want to do it, or wherever the case may be. So Asuka needs new competition, and there's a reason you drafted Naomi in the second round. You believe yeah. in her. So yeah. if Raw is willing to 
use that draft pick like that, then I think there's no reason not to utilize her to her to her fullest potential. And plus, she's a phenomenal wrestler, so she is. it works. Absolutely. And, and look, if Naomi ends up in the hurt business, sign us up. You know that that it would be very interesting to see Naomi take maybe more of like an, an aggressive turn as she tries to pursue uh i don't know pursue the 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 career success that maybe has been eluding her to this point and i obviously say that acknowledging that she's had a rather successful career you know she's a two-time smackdown women's champion she won the women's battle royal at wrestlemania two years ago she won a slammy for the best dance moves of the year that's a thing that's the thing. She also won most underrated superstar of the year in 2018. Well, maybe two years later is the time where it all, I don't know what, comes into frame and 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 seemingly takes shape for her to elevate her success to the next level. And by the way, there happens to be a member of the Hurt Business's rival, uh, and that, of course, would be Retribution, who is a female member. Maybe Naomi can be the counteract to that and help the Hurt Business, even the odds against their toughest competition to date. Uh, Regardless of what Naomi does, though, we're excited to see her get a change of scenery. Hopefully this leads to bigger and better things for her. Her and Asuka did have a pretty good match for the SmackDown Women's Championship a few years ago. Maybe they can do it again for the Raw Women's Championship. Regardless, again, Regardless of what she does, Naomi, one of the most athletic wrestlers in WWE history, entertaining, no question about that. But she's looking for that breakthrough moment, and this could be it. Because as Bear said, that Raw Women's division, obviously we have another night of the draft to go, but that Raw Women's division could definitely use an uh, an, an influx of talent, if you will. And... If you're looking for another division that could use some talent, tag team division, well, we'll give you a team that we don't know if they're actually a team, but they are headed over to SmackDown. And look, part of it and the surprise is the continuation of a storyline. But Bear and I are both very excited, not only for Dominic, but especially for Rey Mysterio to be back on SmackDown, the show that he helped pioneer and build into what it is today. If you are like us and you watched early 2000s SmackDown and you saw Rey Mysterio debut by jumping off of a steel cage on SmackDown and leading that cruiserweight division that was exceptional to watch, I mean, or even win the World Heavyweight Championship, Rey to me is forever a SmackDown superstar. So seeing him back on the brand that I guess he helped build, kind of exciting to see. SmackDown was synonymous for The Undertaker, Edge, Chris Benoit, Kurt Angle, Rey Mysterio. I think that much, you know, and John Cena. I think we should make mention John Cena was definitely one of the pillars of SmackDown. But Rey Mysterio is one of those guys. And to see him go back to SmackDown, it's a really cool, it's a really cool thing because, again, he's synonymous with it. And above all else, he brings his 23 year old son who just debuted a couple months ago, who, third generation superstar who's just who's learning the ropes and he's really doing well unfortunately however however you may see it though the storyline with murphy and seth rollins will continue we thought oh seth is going to smackdown ray and dominic i'm assuming are going to stay on raw but that's not the case so 
the storyline will continue. I know a lot of people love the storyline. We brain and I have mentioned it on the podcast. We love the storyline. It's just, has it gone on too long? Maybe, but we're not going to be negative Nancy's on this podcast. So we're going to look at it with the glass half full or empty. What is it? Glass half full. There you go. Is that the optimistic one? Yeah, whatever. Dominic is only 23 years old. Um, He's learned from some of the best. He's been trained by Jay Lethal, Conan, Landstorm, and his father, Rey Mysterio. Like, wow. This kid's got a bright future ahead of him, and he's only 23 years old, and he's already switching brands to the blue, switching over to the blue brand. It's He's going to have a bright future ahead of him. So to see him and, again, one of the pillars of our favorite era of SmackDown, where Ray was one of those guys, it's going to be really cool. And yeah. I can't wait to see both of them compete in that. I wouldn't say depleted tag team scene if they are going to be a tag team, but SmackDown really needs the help in the tag team front. Yeah. And look, if Dominic wants to follow, I guess, follow in his father's footsteps, uh, best place to do it is the show that Ray was actually consistently on. Uh, you know, as we said, not only did he help pioneer WWE's cruiserweight division, obviously he was a pioneer of WCW's, but he pioneered WWE's on SmackDown. He won the World Heavyweight Championship on SmackDown. Really, the five that Bear said, and I maybe you could add what, like Brock Lesnar for that one or two year period, that was SmackDown. And for people like Bear and myself, that's what made us wrestling fans. Like we liked it already, don't get me wrong, but like that was, you know, you became fans of wrestling and you got to see that wrestlers can take part in real storylines. And that became captivating. And I guess the one other thing that I want to add before we move on to number five is that Murphy was also drafted to SmackDown, not your buddy Murphy. That means that I guess at least what Aaliyah Mysterio's um, (laughs) ally will make the move over and who knows? We have Hell in a Cell coming up in two weeks. Maybe that is where we finally get an end to all of this, a resolution where maybe we see something kind of like in NXT where Johnny Gargano and Tommaso Ciampa had that one last match, that unsanctioned match where after this, it's over. And, and maybe we finally get that. And Ray, Dominic, Seth, and Murphy all get to move on, or we just get Murphy and Seth. I'm totally down for that. But uh, but they all get to move on to bigger and better things on a new brand with a new field of competition. Either way, pretty exciting and pretty surprising to see everyone from that storyline move to the same show. But hey, that's what the draft is for, to surprise us. And number five, I hope if you haven't caught on already, we are doing this in the order of the rounds because this is clearly far and away the biggest surprise maybe in WWE draft history, or at the very least of 2020 so far. And I don't know how anything could top this because the New Day are no longer a three-man unit. In successive picks, we saw Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods, now the SmackDown Tag Team Champions, we'll get to that in a second, drafted over to Raw. And with the very next pick, Big E was drafted to SmackDown. The end. When uh, when when Woods and uh, when Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston won the SmackDown Tag Team Titles, we were like, "Wow, cool!" You know, that's one more element to the inevitable of Big E eventually winning the Universal Championship. Fingers crossed. Fingers crossed, of course. And then Stephen McMahon comes out and says, 
the next two picks. The new SmackDown Tag Team Champions are moving to Raw, which means, as of now, we have two sets of Tag Team Championships on one brand. And above, never mind that weird stat. It's just the fact that you broke up this stable that's been together for six years now and have had sustainable, continued success together. It's wild because, again, they never broke up when Kofi Mania was running wild, and I didn't think they would break up when inevitably Big E Mania would start going. But here we are, and again, yeah, this is the clearly the biggest surprise in the draft, and I'm I'm excited to see just how this goes because again, New Day is one of the most successful tandems like of all time, not even just of the past six years or however the past ten years. They've been consistently together, consistently just at the forefront of wrestling, of WWE for ever now. Yeah. It, it's almost depressing. Right. You know, like nine times over, those guys have been tag team champions and so, in some form of that team have been tag team champions in WWE. That is pretty damn close to the most all time. I, I guess we see the, the plus, right? Now you get to really see Biggie out on his own instead of on his own until his guys come back, right? You know, that that does really kind of affirm Biggie's status as a singles competitor. And by the way, Bear convinced me to go back and rewatch this match, and he was right. That Falls Count Anywhere match between Big E and Sheamus was absolutely incredible. One of the best Falls Count Anywhere matches I think I've ever seen. And really, if you haven't watched it or you weren't paying complete attention to it, go back and watch it because that thing was brutal. And on the night that Big E, I guess, says goodbye to his feud with Sheamus, conceivably, maybe it's not, but seemingly so, he also says goodbye to his tag team partners. Um, I mean, on one hand, it's nice that Big E is getting a real singles run now, and it's nice that Raw gets a new tag team because they definitely needed it. On the other hand, it is sad to see, as Bear said, six years together, six years consistently on top. You know, it, at no point have they been completely out of the top tag team in WWE picture. And you could argue that, Maybe it's them and the Usos. I think as great as the Usos are, it is the New Day. You know, I, I think that it's, it, you know, we've talked about on the show, Mount Rushmore's and the difference between good and great, like great and the best, greatest and the best. You know, the best might simply be who's the better, who are the better wrestlers in this and that. And New Day, obviously great wrestlers themselves, but great, you know, it, it carries something a little different. Your, your responsibilities are different. And People always ask the question, who is the guy who fills the shoes of John Cena? You could say AJ Styles did it. You could say Roman Reigns is beginning to do it. You could say Seth Rollins, whatever. I, my personal opinion, if you just want to look at who has really just stepped into the role that John Cena played, it's kind of been the New Day. They've been that kid-friendly product that just knows how to toe the line and be appealing to adults as well. They've been heels they've been faces they've been successful in every role you know it went from new day sucks and this is such a stupid gimmick what the hell to everybody wants bootios and pancakes 
one of the most incredible evolutions of characters I've ever seen. And look, we're still going to get to see Kofi and Woods go to another show and maybe enhance their <laughs> resumes even more. Already two-time Raw Tag Team Champions, the longest reigning Raw Tag Team Champions of all time, by the way. So the greatest tag team in Raw history, question mark, returning to Raw? Cool. Big E getting a singles run? Cool. But we would be remiss to ignore the fact that it is the end of a six-year era. And six years is absolutely an era in wrestling. That, it sucks. But, you know, hopefully these guys can make the most of it. They're all exceptionally talented. And it was great to see Xavier Woods wrestle for the first time in a long time. So that, that is the silver lining there. Um, on that note, we move on to honorable mentions. And on a more uplifting note. Yeah. Uh, honorable mention, I'll start with Bears. Well, I'll start. That sounds so terrible to say. We will start. Bear will start with his honorable mention. There we go. The greatest woman to never hold the NXT Women's Championship. I don't talk will, about her enough. Hold on. Bear will die on that hill. He has said that to Forever. me at least like 17 times since Forever. last week. I, <laughs> I, will, I will die on that hill forever. It is, a, it is abysmal. It is blasphemy. It is. I, I'm just going to use a bunch of Stephen A words. It is bear catastrophic. Asian. Bear Ace, it is catastrophic. It is, it's ridiculous. This woman is so damn good at what she does, and the fact that she's never won the NXT Women's Championship is bonkers. I'm gonna say bonkers. So, she debuts on the main roster earlier this year, the night after WrestleMania, which is a very, it's usually the best Raw of the year. Unfortunately, this year, however, there were there was no crowd because of, you know the whole Corona thing. So she comes in and then they kind of forget about her. And it's like, all right, let's see what happens now. She's made like sporadic appearances. She randomly teamed with Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan at one point. Yeah. Um, she kind of continued her her feud with Selena Vega. And again, they just they just kind of I don't know. They've kind of dropped the ball on a woman who I think could be the face of this division eventually. Mm-hmm. Never mind that. Now she's on SmackDown, which <sighs> I hope works well for her. I know the SmackDown women's um, division is a bit more stacked than Raw's at the moment. That could change on night two of the draft, you know, between Sasha and Bailey already in the feud for the title. I think Bianca's got a great claim to inject herself into the women's championship picture whenever, you know, Bailey and Sasha end this feud that has been going on for a long time. Not saying it's been a bad feud, though, because it's been a great feud between Bailey and Sasha. It's just, this is how you inject the new blood into it. And yeah. plus, you know, for the past few weeks on Raw, um, they've been reintroducing Bianca with all these vignettes, all these consistent video packages where she, it was like almost like a female Mr. Perfect in a sense. Yeah. Mrs. Perfect. Mrs. Perfect. There we go. Mrs. Perfect, Bianca Belair, book it. it <laughs> she, I just, I will die on that hill. She's got charisma she she's got it we talk about the it factor a lot she's got it and i think this move to smackdown could benefit her and i think that eventually she is going to be a women's champion it's just not a matter of if just when and i think it'll be sooner rather than later and if not i will be mad forever yes and look she tore it up in nxt and obviously her i guess her introduction to raw slash smackdown was at the 2020 women's royal rumble 
where she lasted more than 33 minutes and eliminated eight separate wrestlers. That's that's some Kane, Braun Strowman, Roman Reigns level stuff, right? And Belair really, it's as Bear said, she is what she says she is. She's the EST of WWE. She's the toughest. She's fastest, strongest, most athleticist. I don't know. She Bianca Belair has all the tools, and it the is most athleticist should go on a shirt. <laughs> this Mister Perfect style video package hype style stuff. I'm not saying words, am I? Um, it's been great. It's been incredibly entertaining. It's been one of my and Bear and many people's favorite parts of Raw. And hopefully they continue that on SmackDown because I think it's a great way to introduce her to a potentially new crowd. You know, as we all know, more people watch SmackDown than Raw. So maybe there are people who aren't keeping up on who Bianca Belair may be. I think her and Sasha would obviously be an absolute banger of a match. Um, We'll see who else is still on the show after Monday, but you know, her and Bailey would be great. I think her and Lacey Evans would steal the show as two incredibly athletic wrestlers, regardless of who you put her with, she's going to be successful. And that's the bottom line because I say so. Now for our second honorable mention, uh, we were a little surprised, not necessarily in a bad way, but at where this wrestler was selected. The first pick of round three, meaning only a round after AJ Styles, pick before, let's say, Big E or Mr. Money in the Bank, Otis. Um, a guy who a lot of people have been complaining about, maybe a lack of opportunity on Monday Night Raw. Well, Raw wanted to keep him, so maybe they realized how talented he is. That's Ricochet, who... Maybe doesn't have the charisma that Bianca Belair has, but just like Bianca Belair is pretty much the EST of WWE because that dude is faster, more athletic. Uh, look, Ricochet, I mean, it goes without saying, in the ring, that guy does things that most people can't do. Or if they do them, they just don't do them as well as he does. And... A lot of people call him the best high flyer in the world. I'm one of those people. I think that he does it in a way that is not only awe-inspiring, but it looks like he does it with such ease. Like I don't think I've ever in my life seen a high flyer who does the things that Ricochet does and makes them look as easy as he makes them look. And also as powerful and significant because there might be some guy who I'm not going to mention in New Japan who does similar things. I don't think he does them in a way that's quite a, not the point. Point is Ricochet is going back to raw or staying on raw rather. And maybe this is the dawning of a new era for the one and only. Maybe this is a chance for Ricochet to prove, Hey guys, number one, I'm only 32 years old, pretty damn young for a wrestler. Number two, I'm a former United States champion, a former North American champion, Dusty Rhodes Tag Team Classic winner. I've wrestled at WrestleMania. I, I really don't know what more Ricochet needs to do in the ring to prove how good he is, but this is his chance to do it. And hopefully, you know, we here at Heel Turns and Headlocks are big fans of Ricochet. Hopefully we get to see him take it to the next level and prove that he is a real main event player because he's, in terms of just pure talent, I mean, this dude is like AJ Styles in the early years of the X Division. He's that damn good. He's supremely talented. And, hey, third-round draft pick, a pretty good thing to be. 
Plus, <clears throat> so on Monday uh, for the upcoming second night of the draft, Retribution, Mustafa, Mustafa Ali, T-Bar, Mace, Slapjack, Rhett, Reckoning, and Retaliation are all a part of the draft. So we may see them go to SmackDown. We may see them stay on Raw. The reason why I bring them up is because there's a history between Ricochet and Mustafa Ali. If Ricochet really wants to make his intentions clear that he's here to stay and he's here to make an impact, Ali may try to bring Ricochet over to the dark side. I think that'd be pretty captivating stuff to see what Ricochet could do in that role. Or Ricochet could fight for good and feud with Retribution with Apollo Crews. And because as we know, superheroes are real. Boom. And that was on a shirt, I think, at one point for Ricochet. So it's one of those things where it writes itself. Now it's just a matter of um executing it. Yeah. So Ricochet, you know, the reason why we Brian really put him on the honorable mention list is because he went high. Yeah. So Raw has to see, you know, the powers that be at Monday Night Raw see it. Everybody sees it. Now it's just a matter of executing. And I think Ricochet has the ability to execute. It's just when. Yeah. And I I was surprised. I was surprised to see him stay on Raw because I think a, a brand like SmackDown would have really used him in that intercontinental championship picture, especially, you know, he's already a former United States champion. I could, have de- I could have definitely seen him in a feud with Sami Zayn for the intercontinental championship. Who knows? Sami Zayn's another one of those guys that are um, also eligible to be drafted on Monday. So hey. you never really know. It's just, it's, it's, it's interesting. It's interesting above all else because of just how high Ricochet was taken. Absolutely. And look that, that, not necessarily a bad thing, right? You know, it, for all we know, this is going to be Ricochet's chance to put himself in the proverbial driver's seat again and, and determine the outcome is, of his career and overcome the odds, however you want to frame it. Uh, point is, I, I think, above all else, you have a chance now if you're Ricochet, Ricochet and also a chance if you're Monday Night Raw to prove that you know what you're doing and you don't have to, I guess, repeat past mistakes, whoever you want to put the blame on. We're not here to decide that. Either way, surprising to see Ricochet go so early. And that sums up our five plus two, so seven, uh, most surprising picks from the first night of the 2020 WWE draft. We're going to write a check that we potentially have to cash and say, we will be back after night two with another five surprising picks, or maybe we'll give you a different spin. Who knows? But hopefully you join us again and hopefully enjoy this episode. Hopefully you enjoy these graphics that we're turning out together. And regardless of shout out to brand LaPrey on those teamwork makes the dream work, baby. And, you know, regardless, we, we thank you for listening. I've said regardless a lot. George Lopez will be proud of me. Um, Don't worry about it. I'm just very grateful. We, I know we keep saying this at the end of every episode, but the growth we're seeing is 100% because of all of you. And we love you all for it. And we thank you so much. And by the way, we have a number that you can call, text, and stop ignoring it. Just do it. You'll get a shirt. Don't you want a shirt? It's a pandemic. People are broke. Free shit. Free shit. Free shit. <laughs> free shit is free shit, dude. 614-450-0366. Tell us 
if we're wrong, tell us we're right. Tell us whatever. Just talk. I mean, you guys are doing a good job on uh, on social media that so yes. that's, I'm, we're thankful for that don't get us wrong but use the number why not also be on the lookout because i could say it with confidence on tuesday we will produce the night two recap of this very draft where guys like andrade smackdown women's champion bailey alistair black alexa bliss bray wyatt you know randy orton kevin owens big names are still on the um on the list here to be drafted you never know the the landscape of Raw and SmackDown can still be shifted with night two of the draft. And yeah, we got you covered on the recaps, guys and girls. We have like a couple girls that listen, so shout out to you guys. But guys and girls, we can't wait to talk more about it and for you to keep interacting on social media and texting us. I'm not going to say the keep on loving thing. That's your thing. 614-450-0366. And Brian, take it the F away. I was kind of excited for you to do it. I felt like that was your moment, but now it's past. It's, it's back to it's me, your, damn it. It's your thing. <laughs> Thank you all for listening. We love you all. And please keep on wearing your masks, staying safe, doing what we got to do to get the world back on its feet. We love you. And we just want to say, if you do nothing else today, if there's nothing else for you to even think about doing, keep on loving professional wrestling. You just do it so much better. You're too kind. Boom. <laughs> You've been listening to Heel Turns and Headlocks with Bear DeGiulio and Brian LaPrey. We hope you enjoyed the show and we'll be back soon with more. But until then, reach out on Facebook at Heel Turns and Headlocks, on Twitter at Heel underscore Turns underscore Pod, and on Instagram at Heel Turns and Headlocks. We'll see you next time.